Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome into another FizzCast. It's an early one this week. That's a Monday, but John and I are here back again. Ian Unsworth and John Eads, as always, for two basketball games this week for the Syracuse Hoops teams. No more football. Uh, luckily enough for us, we I, I know I was getting real tired of it. No more football. Syracuse since the season 1-10. and 10. And the SU basketball team, on the other hand, is a nice 3-0. and 0. Coming off wins over Niagara and Ryder and you know, you can't really put too much stock into those games, you know, two MAAC opponents. But this upcoming game, Ian, which, you know, usually we do these on Tuesday, folks, but we had to get this in a day early because we would be remiss if we didn't preview this game against number 21, Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers is a very good team. Started the season off ranked number 24, have moved up three spots. Last year, we're going to make the NCAA tournament a, a very well-coached team by Steve Pickell, who is a, uh, he was a Naismith Coach of the Year finalist. I don't believe the award was handed out last year because the season ended and the COVID happened, all that sort of stuff. But very well-coached team returning a lot of production and added an impact freshman as well. So Rutgers is the best opponent Syracuse has faced by far, and they've only played some, you know, some lower-tier opponents as well, beat Hofstra, in their last game, a team that also actually plays a 2-3 zone. So some nice film for Syracuse to go off of there. The game will be held in the Rack, the Rutgers Athletic Center, as part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. That is a 9.30 tip, and you can watch it on ESPN2. Fizz Factoid, before we get into Rutgers, and I guess the, the storyline surrounding this game here, SU and Rutgers last play, well, played each other one time from 1998 to 2013. It's the first meeting since 2013, but SU has won 10 games in a row against the Scarlet Knights. So, John, going into this one, what what is your biggest question for the Orange when they when they go on the road for their first away game? What are you looking at when Syracuse goes into into the rack? Well, I'm just going to be excited to see Syracuse go on the road for the first time this season. I don't really know what to expect, but uh, a lot of Fans, I'm sure, have this in the back of their mind. Will Buddy Beheim be able to play? Syracuse hasn't had him for the last two games, and you could argue they looked really good without him. And That's not a knock on Buddy Beheim, but I think uh, Coach Jim Beheim found a recipe in a, in a lineup that he likes. And even if Beheim's able to return, how much does he play? You know, because Kadari Richmond, who, well, that's another question. I'll let you ask that one. He's looked good in that 2-3 zone, and he's looked good, really, just on the floor, the true freshman. So, I think that's one of the bigger questions. What is Buddy Beheim's status coming into this game? Yeah, we don't know. Beheim out because of contact tracing issues, uh, COVID-19 positive in the SU program. Beheim was one of those who came in contact with the player. So he's been out for the past two games, as you said, John. But Kadari Richmond has really stepped up and performed at an extremely high level. Um, and he's controlling the offense. He's running the offense. And I think last game... He gave Joe Girard that freedom to relax and play off the ball, which helped out a ton. Girard scored 21 points against Ryder. I mean, after two really cold games when he shot 2-for-9, 2-for-11 back-to-back, and then going 6-of-12 from deep, I think it really all spanned from the weight off of his shoulders running the offense. And Beheim said, hey, 
Kadari Richmond take the reins here? And he looked very comfortable in doing so. He's a true freshman, like we said. But, you know, his first shot against Ryder was on maybe the first or second possession. He just triggered a three and he hit it. You know, he wasn't tentative. He didn't, you know, pass it away. He took the shot and he made it. That's just one, you know, small example. Uh, but that's something Joe Girard really needs. He had it last year because Elijah Hughes, you know, could take the weight off his shoulders. And, well, I guess you could say vice versa, Girard taking it off Hughes' shoulders. So if Kadari's able to step up and come in, and, you know, kind of play that role, and it benefits Gerard like that. It kind of breaks his scoring slump like it did against Ryder. That's huge for this team, and maybe you can even work in Buddy Beheim if you want to play a smaller lineup, and then whew, you really got something. Richmond, Beheim, and Gerard all on the floor at once. And Syracuse has not played Rutgers in a while, as we said before, but the Rutgers team actually knows one of these SU players because Alan Griffin on the Illinois squad last year faced Rutgers, and Griffin actually led the Illini in scoring last year with 14 points and got one of his three, I believe it was three starts on the year, was against the Scarlet Knights. So I guess Rutgers might know what to expect from Alan Griffin. Obviously different different role, more of an increased role on the Orange team. And he's been playing well 23 in the last game out against Ryder. But John, let's enough about Syracuse. Let's let's get into Rutgers here. So I guess there are there are a lot of guys on this Scarlet Knights team that make big contributions, but obviously the biggest loss act for the Rutgers team is not having Geo Baker, their starting senior point guard who sprained his ankle in the first game of the season against Farley Dickinson. He he is an elite level scorer, can get to the bucket any way you want him to. He he would be on the he is on the Naismith Award watch list, and I think if if he had played in these last couple of games, we'd be talking about him as a potential maybe Big Ten player of the year. 100%. And, I mean, you got to be able to take our word, uh, your and I's word. It's probably uh, not the way you say that. But Ian and I are from Big Ten country. We've seen Rutgers play a lot of basketball, especially last year. Geo Baker has been a stud ever since he's been a freshman. Um, and that is a huge loss for Rutgers. But, you know, they've had some other guys step up, so they don't really... Uh, you know, they're not going to have a huge drop-off without him. They played without him a couple times. Uh, you know, there's another guy, Ron Harper Jr., have just 21 points, 8 boards, 3 assists. He's got good NBA bloodlines. I'm sure you got more on that. But, uh, you know, that's a huge loss for Rutgers, but I think they'll be okay with the other production they have. Yeah, Ron Harper Jr., uh, twenty averaging 21, 8 boards, 3 assists. And his dad, Ron Harper, 5 NBA championships pretty much all you need to know and Harper much like his dad is a bigger guard very good on the defensive end and he's he's stepped up scored a career high 30 against Hofstra like this dude this dude is not known as a scorer but he can get buckets and he and Jacob Young have really led the scoring attack for the Rutgers offense Young a smaller guard a lefty who's got a pretty sweet stroke averaging 15 three boards and six assists he's Rutgers main main distributor with Baker out and he is quick as a bug, loves to run in transition. This Rutgers team actually really excels in transition. It's one of two areas where they've really been outscoring opponents. Uh, but Young and Harper are the two main catalysts of that. Young loves to get out ahead of the break, run the floor, and Harper is great at catching lobs. He's second on the team, actually, with slam in slam dunks with six. And then down low, there's two players that I'm sure Jim Beheim would love to have anchoring the bottom of the zone. Cliff Omarui. Pretty sure I didn't butcher that. 
Uh, Gatorade Player of the Year in New Jersey, averaging 9.7 boards. He was a top 50 recruit as well. So for Steve Peichel, that was a huge win. He's come in and been an instant impact. And then besides him, you got Miles Johnson who will come in. And those two will kind of jump in and out of the game, trade minutes. Johnson obviously has been there a lot longer, and he brings some good size and scoring ability in that center position as well. Johnson is actually a, an elite rim protector. He is an elite level rim protector. Uh, he is second in the nation in block percentage. So he has blocked well, 10 shots already this year. He had five last game against Hofstra. And dude has just extendo arms. Anything that comes near the rim when he's in the game, he's looking to volleyball swat. That 19% block percentage means he's blocked 19% of the shots that come near the rim when he's in the game. That's, that is an insane stat. That is something you really don't see very often. And him and Amori, I don't know. I think there, there are plenty of ways to say Cliff, Cliff Amori's last name. I've heard Amori, 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 Amori. I'm not exactly sure. The Rutgers Media Guide says Amori, so that's what I'm going with. But this dude is, he's amazing. He is a center averaging 9.7 9, 9 boards. But he came in as a freshman. He is built. Like, this dude looks like a Greek god. He is chiseled. He's 6'10", I want to say about 235, 245. Just an absolute beast down low. And he and Miles Johnson are going to give Merrick Dolezal a lot of problems. I, I can say that in with 100% confidence. And that could be one of the ways Rutgers looks to beat Syracuse. Uh, you know, obviously without Barama Sadiba, you lose a lot of size down there. And we saw Jesse Edwards get a few minutes against Ryder and uh, maybe a couple against Niagara as well. But even he, I don't know if he's going to match up well down low with Johnson and Omarui. Uh, but you also got another guy coming off the bench, uh, Paul Mukehi. Uh, and I remember him last year, at least when they played Michigan in the rack. He was a guy that would come off the bench. He was kind of their shooter. But, you know, he's a very aggressive on-ball defender as well. He's kind of like you said, Ian, here, the do-it-all guy. Yeah, he can he can do it all. He's the bigger guard off the bench. He's six six. They call him a point guard. I don't know. I think he fits well anywhere you put him because he had fifteen points in their opening game, and then last game against Hofstra only three points, but nine rebounds and seven assists. And in that first game, fifteen points, seven assists. So Mulcahy just kind of fills in the gaps. It it's a perfect sort of balance. One more guy we didn't really mention, Montez Mathis, another 15-point scorer starting guard. Like, Rutgers just has a lot of guards that can go and get a bucket. And I would expect against Syracuse to see Young and Mathis, maybe Mulcahy working the ball around the perimeter. Harper will probably post up at the free throw line, position himself there, try to, you know, break down that Syracuse zone. And then Amori, Amori, whatever we want, however we want to go about that. And Johnson will be down low, running baselines, looking for lobs, second chance points, that sort of stuff. So if Rutgers had Geo Baker, I, along with probably a lot of odds makers, would not give Syracuse any chance to win this game. I mean, that's a 20 point per game score every single night. He's out. So I think that's really the reason why people like Syracuse to win this game. They have a FPI, which is a joke. But, you know, 59% chance for Syracuse to win. But whew, this is going to be a real battle. Uh, Rutgers lost one game at home last year, and it was to the Wolverines. 20-1 maybe they were. But anyways, it, what, what, I, what I'm trying to say is the rack is a very tough place to win. This Rutgers team is very good. So we're going to know a lot more about this Orange team after this game. Yeah, rack also, it's it's a smaller venue in terms of college basketball arenas. It's, it's no carrier dome, let's put it that way. So... Fans are closer. 
maybe not having the crowd there won't have as big as an effect. However, you know, playing away is playing away. Different sight lines, different basket backgrounds, all that sort of stuff. It's, it'll be a different environment for Syracuse, something this team will have to adjust to. And John, I'm with you. This game is as close to a 50-50 toss-up coin flip as you can get. Syracuse, while, you know, they might be undersized without Barama Sidibe, and even with Barama Sidibe, they still might be undersized going against this Rutgers team down low. Uh, this, the scoring output from both teams' guards will be key. I mean, the, Rutgers is a very good team, and if Syracuse pulls out a W here, that is a great, I guess, starting point for the ACC play, which begins, actually, this Saturday. BC's heading to Conti Forum up north in Massachusetts to play Boston College for their first ACC game of the year. Boston College this year, 1-3. Not a great start for the Eagles, but they've played some pretty tough teams. BC lost to Villanova. That was actually a really good game, that opener against Nova. Um, I believe, I don't remember exactly what tournament it was, but that's what that's where they lost. And they were in a, they were in some sort of bubble. It might have been Mohegan Sun. Not, 2K Classic, maybe? Um, may, yeah, actually, that's what it was. It was the 2K Classic. Um Lost to Villanova, then beat URI, Rhode Island, a actually a very tough Rhode Island team with excellent guard Fats Russell, and then also lost St. John's and Florida, both games which BC gave up over 90 points. So a little bit of defensive weakness for the Eagles, but a strong squad who's put together good showings against tough opponents. Yeah, you can't let that record deceive you. I mean, they played very good teams. You mentioned number three, Villanova. They they nearly pulled that upset off. And then Rhode Island, another respected program. They've made the tournament the past couple of years. St. John's, another. Uh, Florida ran them a little bit, 90-70. to 70, But still, they've played very good teams. Um, so they, they're definitely going to be battle-tested for this game against Syracuse. But the Orange had you know quite a bit of success against the Eagles last year. 76-50 at Conti Forum. And then 84-71 in the subsequent matchup uh, in the Carrier Dome. And both games last year that I never I never really questioned Syracuse winning. It always seemed like BC was stagnating against the zone. They struggled to get the ball inside. They do play small. I mean, their tallest player is 6'8". So BC plays small. They won't have any sort of height advantage against Syracuse. And I think it'll be on Jim Christian to develop a better zone offense because BC has, has their scorers back from last year and Winston Tabs, their best player, has is got through those injury issues that is that have hampered him the past two years. But last year, BC looked they couldn't do anything against the SU zone. So Jim Christian's going to have to scheme up a better game plan for this Saturday. Yeah, last year they really didn't have anything for Syracuse, but I also don't think they had the depth that they do this year. BC has nine players averaging fifteen plus minutes per game. So for the Eagles, it looks like it's strength in numbers, and that's their approach. Um, you know, but Syracuse. In their own right, they have pretty good depth, I think, as well, especially considering Beheim, you know, Buddy Beheim, that is, should be back uh, in full form for this game. Yeah, I would not expect him to be out. Let's see, when he sat, he stopped, he will, okay. He entered quarantine, or at least had to sit out last Thursday, and it seems, it seems like, it seems like from what everybody said, he's getting better. I mean, Jim Beheim's press conference after, after that Niagara game was extremely confusing, but I'm pretty sure that Beheim has been testing negative, so... That hopefully Syracuse gets Bayheim back by the end by the end of the week by this BC game in time for tip. So I mentioned Winston Tabs already as BC's best player. The injury issues have hampered him. He didn't play 
last year in the Carrier Dome, if I'm, I'm probably correct on that. But he leads the team with 15 points per game, 5 rebounds. However, he has a negative assist-to-turnover ratio, about 3 turnovers for every 1 assist. Not, not that great. And this BC team is not one that shares the ball particularly well. Makai Ashton Lankford, another guard, leads the team in assists with only two and a half. So a lot of isolation offense for Boston College. Tabs is very good at getting to the rim. But John, I think that might be the reason BC struggles so much against the zone. They they don't really move the ball that well. And you have to be able to do that. And you also got to be able to make your shots. And you mentioned the isolation game. That usually doesn't bode well for opponents, especially against the zone. You need to move the ball. You know, you need to be, uh, you know, trying to move the Syracuse zone around, find the weak spot, work in the middle, inside out. I don't think BC, you know, has that to their game. I'm sure they'll try and work on that in practice leading up to it, but I don't think they have that aspect to their offense. One guy I do remember from last year who shot the ball pretty well against Syracuse uh, in the first match, I believe. He had 17 in that game, 22 total, so 17 and then 5 in the second one. Jay Heath, he shot the ball pretty well from 3 last year. Not as good this year. I think he's just at about 30% from 3, but he averages 11 points per game, and I think he was really their featured player last season without Winston Tab. So, uh, you know, that's, that's a pretty good asset for the team, but once again, uh, Syracuse really limited him in the second matchup. And down low for the Eagles, C.J. Felder and Stefan Mitchell. Are there, are there two big guys, I guess, if you want to call them big? Felder 6'7". Mitchell, I mentioned earlier, the tallest player at 6'8". And they both they both get a lot of run. Mitchell plays about 35 minutes a game. That's that's like Elijah Hughes' minutes last year. That That's a lot of run. Felder, uh, a bit less, averaging 11 for two blocks per game, leading rim protector, shooting 65% from the field. Uh, so for a big guy, that means he's not necessarily draining jump shots left and right. He's making a lot of his buckets at the rim. And Mitchell averaging three offensive rebounds per game is their junkyard dog. He does a bit of everything and really works hard to get his buckets. He only averages about eight points, but seven boards, three on the offensive end. Just that work ethic is, is really a positive contribution to this BC squad. But in terms of big guys, they're not, they're not extremely versatile. They're, they're, they're not anything that's going to jump off the page against you. And Quincy Garrier should really be, he's, he's going to have to work his hardest to box out Mitchell. So will Dolajai, but Syracuse should be able to keep this rebounding battle. Even with BC, John, one other thing I want to touch on, you mentioned the three point shooting BC only has one player that's shooting above 40% from three right now. And they're, they're, their best three point shooters have made six threes the whole season, right? Joe Girard made six threes last game. So against the zone, I think everybody knows this. Against the zone, you have to be at least somewhat proficient from the from the outside, from behind the arc. You've got to make your threes. And if BC can't do that, then Syracuse should have a good chance to win this game. Yeah, I was going to ask you what your key to the game would be, but I, I think BC kind of figures it out for itself. You know, they don't particularly shoot the ball very well. So unless some kind of miracle happens, ask, you know, Notre Dame-Syracuse first matchup last year-esque, where they just, you know, put them up, put them up, and they go, just, you know, nothing but net every time. Uh, Syracuse really shouldn't have a problem with BC, like you said. And the odds makers agree, FPI, 71% Syracuse. Yeah, I'd take Syracuse, I, I mean, with, I would say about... 80 to 90 percent certainty i mean there's no reason syracuse shouldn't win this game last time syracuse lost to bc was i think two years ago in conti forum but that was back when bc had kai bowman and jerome robinson both who are now in the nba 
I don't think there are any NBA players on this current BC team. So Syracuse, I don't think they should have a problem. Jeez, I think you're with me as well. No, not at all. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that Rutgers game, though. That one is going to be the best, well, maybe besides Buffalo, one of the best non-conference games for Syracuse and potentially even in college basketball. Uh, as for the BC game, no. Nah, I mean, if Syracuse gets embarrassed by Rutgers and maybe they're you know still a little sleepy, there's some real problems, maybe the Eagles pull the upset, but... I don't know. I'm kind of I'm leaning towards a a two and two and week here for the Orange. What do you think? Uh, I'm with you two and one and one. It seems like after whatever practice time the Orange have been having, they're really shaping up that that Ryder game was a complete emergence from whatever cocoon the team was in the first two games. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm gonna go one and one. I think Rutgers might take that ACC Big Ten Challenge game, but I definitely have Syracuse starting off the ACC slate with a win over BC on Saturday. So that'll do it here. Wrapping up this week's FizzCast. Remember, check out all our stuff at orangefizz.net or on Twitter at orangefizz. Syracuse, two games this week. Rutgers at 9.30 p.m. on Tuesday on ESPN2. And then BC, the ACC opener, this Saturday, 1 o'clock tip on ACC Network. For John Eads, I've been Ian Unsworth. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Orange.